Get more Star Wars discussions every month with the Back to Tank Patreon exclusive shows. From Star Wars comics and book reviews to speculative discussions and breakdowns. All when you pledge to our Patreon page. What? Go to patreon.com slash Digital for more details. As you wish. Warning from the Back to Tank contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a medical droid to kill and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Welcome, everyone, to Star Wars from the Back to Tank, the Clone Wars edition. Yeah, today we're going to be talking about victory and death, the final episode of season seven and the final episode ever of the Clone Wars. How does that make you feel, David? I am a little sad. You going to cry? Go ahead. I, I, I have to say there have been mo- there were moments in this one particular episode where, man, you got a tear out of me. Yeah. You got a tear out of me. Now, I'm not going to shame you because... I might have teared up and I don't cry easy. So when a TV show makes me feel emotion like that, that means there's some powerful writing involved. There's some passionate writing. It, 24 minutes, Dave. Yeah. 24 minutes. I be, actually, I believe the official runtime is less than that. I believe it's 23 minutes. Let me verify because we must get the facts out. 23 minutes is the official runtime mm-hmm. of victory and death. And yet look how look how much is there. And yes, I had the benefit of following three exceptional episodes, right? And yes. also running parallel to Revenge of the Sith. But hey, you still need to have a story. Exactly. And the fact that there was a definitive story in 23 minutes, Dave, is just a testament to just how far Dave Filoni has come as a showrunner and writer. I know, I know that this gets to, this has been getting tossed around a lot since the finale happened, but you can make the argument that this particular bit of Star Wars is probably one of the, the best we've ever seen. I mean, take all the cinematic moments, take all the the moments in Rebels, take all the moments in in past Clone Wars episodes and past seasons. But this particular four episodes, especially with this last one. Yeah. You can make the argument. This is the best star Wars we've had in a very long time. I'll say it right now. It's probably the best. It's the best Star Wars compared to the new era, the new, new, yeah, new uh, movies. I know a lot of us, we kind of venture into that hyperbolic state. We were like, oh, this is the best ever. But there's a reason why we go down that route because we feel it. Like there's so many emotions coming from all directions when we're watching this that it's very easy to get swept up in its excellence. And you see all the work too that goes into it. I mean, like, the excellent animation. Anyone who ever says about Clone Wars now that it's just a cartoon. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you don't 
I, I, all my opinion about what they say goes out the window. Yeah, and unfortunately, because it's a cartoon, there will always be that stigma. Ah, right. For sure. There'll be people who love the movies who just will never check them out for whatever reason because they'll feel like they're just not that relevant. But honestly, the reason why Dave is again, I was trying to I was trying to say this. It's not about just all the feelings and emotions. Yes, that it captures. Absolutely. It's great. But it's the fact that this series as a whole. And the last four episodes are relevant. Yes. They're relevant. They're not just, well, this is pretty cool and exciting. Lots of nostalgia. Lots of nods to previous moments in Star Wars. Because you could say all that. But it's also relevant to the world of Star Wars and the Skywalker saga in a meaningful and lasting way. It defines an era in Anakin's life. It shapes him partially into who he becomes. I mean, debatably, we can now go back retrospectively and say, hey, Obi-Wan had a pl- played a part. Qui-Gon Jinn played a part. Padme played a part. Palpatine played a part. And of course, Ahsoka and her decisions or lack of decision-making all played a part in Anakin's spiral into the dark side and that's why this piece of star wars can be called i'm backing you up here dave can be called one of the best pieces of star wars we have ever been given it's fantastic on every level you have a story that at its core is about anakin skywalker right but the the players the immediate players and the story that it also tells about them is ahsoka rex and Maul. That's yeah. essentially what we got in these last four episodes. And their their stories were told in a way that basically made them just as important as Darth Vader or Anakin Skywalker. And then you throw in the fact that basically the, the one thing Filoni did with these four episodes is he didn't want us to forget anybody. Right. Down to not just... Ahsoka, Rex, and Maul, but down to the clones themselves, never Mm -hmm. forgetting that basically this series was titled The Clone Wars. It was supposed to be a story about the clones. And then some of the emotional beats that honestly made me tear up just dealt heavily to show that the clones are these innocent pawns in a game played by Darsidious. Right. So not only are we telling that that story, right, but they're using that. This is how good Filoni is. And this is why I want to, I want to exemplify this. Okay. Because yes, we have that story, right? About the clones, but then he uses that. The fact that this is the clone wars, he uses that to then show Ahsoka's empathy and how Her empathy shines far above any of the other Jedi. Her refusal to put down a single clone shows all that that she, in many ways, is the perfect Jedi. Her only mistake was refusing to see what was in front of her because of how she felt about Anakin. Yes. But the refusal to take a life was a powerful, definitive statement about the Jedi. 
because as we have said now for for going on nine years, we've been saying that there's a message here. They're not outwardly saying it. They're kind of beating around the bush. The Jedi fucked up. And yes, it did come to a head in many ways in The Last Jedi. That's what they were working towards. The reason why Luke turned his back on the Jedi, right? Yes. It wasn't as clear and it didn't come through as much as I think they had originally planned for it to come through. But just because that didn't come through as much as they had planned in The Last Jedi doesn't mean they're going to drop their plans and the message they were trying to say, building on the back of an idea that Lucas had started years before. The Jedi grew arrogant. Yes, they were pushed into a corner. This is something we always say. So they're not evil, but they made a mistake. They forgot what they were supposed to do, and they lost sight of what being a Jedi is. Yes. And yet... Here we are with Ahsoka, the perfect specimen of a Jedi Knight. She is the perfect example of how a Jedi should be. That's why they had Rafa say that. You are how we hope the Jedi would act. Would act. Not yes. the fact that she didn't want to take a life, you know, one single life of a comrade she fought along the side of for however many years. This is also conducive. So, I've already tackled two things that you brought up. Now let's tackle a third. This is also conducive with the entire Clone Wars series. The, the, one of the major themes of the Clone Wars series, the humanizing aspect of the clones. Various episodes during the first quarter of the first season really beat us over the head. And that's not, I'm not saying that as a negative. It beat us over the head about the clones and how their lives are important. There was a concerted effort since season one to say that their lives are just as important. It was a very philosophical look into the, the aspect of cloning. Essentially, do they have a soul? Obviously that type of thing doesn't really play into the universe of star Wars, but that still is the general philosophical statement. Yeah. And no scene, no scene encapsulates that for me was when Ahsoka removes Rex's helmet. Oh, dude. Dude, that is the most powerful moment. It's so fucking poetic, man. Clone, clone type of storytelling is when she's talking to Rex and she removes the helmet. And while Rex is telling her, hey, my brothers are going to want to kill, kill us. This is, what the, this is what the order is. There's no stopping it. And like she removes the helmet and you see that lone tear on Rex's face because of he, he understands the, the gravity of the moment and it goes against every single principle in his body that we've seen in the past, not just the past couple episodes, but in Forever. the entire. Since he was introduced. Yeah, the entire beginning of yeah. Clone Wars that Rex has constantly said about the brotherhood of the, of the clones. You know, the whole, the whole 501st, the whole bad batch, everything all encapsulates this point, uh, poignant moment where Rex is saying that these are his brothers. Mm -hmm. That's his brotherhood. And then in this moment, it's like his brotherhood is shattered and there's, he still has loyalty to his brothers, even though he knows that they're just following orders at this point, and right. that's all they can do is follow orders. And that's, again, kudos to Dave Filoni and the writing group that they never lost sight of what this show was really about. And yes, 
you can argue that it's about Ahsoka and it's about Anakin, but it's called the Clone Wars. It's about the clones. It is for the most part. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You have all the different faces and they use it as a bit of an anthology in terms of the way they, they introduce characters. They bring them in for an episode arc, but it is the clone wars. And the purpose of the clone wars to, was to explore the area between attack of the clones and revenge of the Sith and do the thing that the movies, I don't want to say failed to do because the movies weren't about the clones. The movies were about Anakin Skywalker. Yes. So they focused on Anakin Skywalker. They didn't really have time to focus on the individual clones. But because this series came out, we were able to learn so much. And they never lost sight of the core concept of this show. Even in those waning moments, as you had just mentioned. I mean, when Ahsoka says, you are a good soldier, Rex, so is every one of those men down there. Yeah. They may be willing to die, but I am not the one who's going to kill kill them. them. Yeah, dude, that was so awesome. I mean, that elevated Ahsoka's level as a true Jedi Knight. In my opinion, for fans everywhere, that she she is the perfect Jedi. Okay, is she the perfect character? Now, Dave, I'm going to bring up something very controversial here. Okay. Princess Leia for years has been on the pedestal of perfection. And I'm going to say something very controversial. Is she an empowering character? Absolutely. Especially in new hope and empire. Love her. But she also comes with a lot of faults and yes, that makes her interesting, right? Yes. She has some rough edges that also makes her interesting. But honestly, I think the character that's the perfect specimen of a person with true grit and empathy, I think that might go to Ahsoka. Yeah, absolutely. I will agree with you 100% because, like, here's the thing about the argument of Princess Leia. Leia's willing to do espionage and sabotage and be essentially a terrorist and put down people. Yeah. I don't think Ahsoka would. Ahsoka wouldn't do that. Ahsoka would try to figure out the best scenario for, I guess you could say the argument for what's good. It's not about what's right and wrong. The argument with Ahsoka is, is it good or not? Is Ahsoka the new sacred cow? (laughs) She could be. Is she the golden calf? Are we going to be worshiping her now? Remember what I said in the last episode? I really feel for Rosario Dawson if she's actually going to play Ahsoka. Because there's going to be so many eyes on her now. Does she really know what she's getting into? Exactly. I'm like going, I hope she understands. Dude, she probably watched the final episode of of Clone Wars and she just like called her agent like, I'm out. (laughs) She's like going, holy shit. I don't want that fucking responsibility. Because it is. I mean, Ahsoka has uh, gotten to the 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 pedestal when it comes to Star Wars characters that she rivals honestly characters that I hold sacred, you know, like say even like Luke. I mean, Luke I always had Luke as he's the perfect specimen of a Jedi Knight. Yeah. But he was he, until he went on an island and left his <laughs> sister to fend for herself. Yes. <laughs> and then, but when you get to Ahsoka, Ahsoka is pretty much, it's not the question of, is this right or is this wrong? The question is, is it good or is it 
evil. Yeah. And there is a difference. There is a difference out there. I know people think that that's kind of like a weird thing to to comprehend, but there is a difference between right and wrong and good and evil. Yeah. And Dave, I'm not saying, just to clarify what I'm saying, I'm not saying that Ahsoka is a better character anyway in the sense of popularity or, I mean, that's quite a feat to defeat Princess Leia, who's been around for 40 plus years. I'm not trying to say that. I'm not trying to be divisive. I, I'm talking about in terms of, of white knight status. Yes. Purity. Purity. I think that's Ahsoka. You know, like a character. A character I don't, like, I, I don't even want her to have sex ever. I think she needs to remain un, <laughs> untouched, uncontaminated by dirty penis. <laughs> In fact, she should probably just be a lesbian. So we, we should never have, we can't make any sexual jokes about Ahsoka now. No, never. She's like <laughs> mother Mary. <laughs> I will crucify you, Dave, you if you say me. if you ever say anything unclean about well, Ahsoka again. I'll keep those thoughts in my brain then. <laughs> no penis will ever contaminate Ahsoka. Except in my mind. No. <laughs> but but like the way I see Ahsoka now is very much how like comic book, comic book fans look at, say, like a character like Superman. The ultimate pinnacle of being a hero. Oh yeah. The icon. That's an icon. Ahsoka is the icon of a Jedi Knight. Everyone constantly says, I want to be a Jedi Knight. Do you understand what it means to be a Jedi Knight? Too much work. Exactly. I want to be a Sith. <laughs> I don't even want to be a Sith. I just want to be like, um, I just want to leave the Jedi Order. I just want to use them for a little bit to learn the basics. I'm like, I, I want to go have some sex and drink <laughs> and, and I don't want to be responsible for anyone. And but I want to learn the ways just the, so I can have the power. The flip side, I mean, you can even make... The argument Maul could be the perfect picture of a Sith. Is he Sith or is he full on gray at this point? Because he's definitely not Sith. He's not. He's not a Sith anymore. But I'm saying he he can't be classified as a Sith. If you think of the principles, the principles of a Sith. Is he even governed by hate really anymore? Dude, he's obsessed with Obi-Wan. He is. But he also seems very restrained. He seems very calculative. He's not this killing machine with zero feelings, emotions like Vader. Vader has no hopes and dreams. He's just a blunt instrument. Yeah. Darth Maul is calculative. Now, you can say Darth Vader is now more introspective and silent, which the things we've seen oh in, my God, in the yeah. comic books and the books, definitely, without but, a doubt. And I think that's the genius of the Vader character right now and what they're doing with him. Mm-hmm. But he is evil. He is a Sith through and through. He's he's conflicted. He always has been. That's the story of Anakin, right? The yes, conflict. The conflict. But Maul, I don't see conflict. I see a guy who accepts who he is and I don't necessarily think he's evil he's not good but he he seems to have hopes and dreams <laughs> do you get what i'm saying honestly you bring that up and it's strange but yeah he's also hurt like you could tell he's bothered by the betrayal of his master and that he was oh, excluded yeah. by things do you think vader would ever be hurt by being excluded by palpatine no he's gonna get even and go kill him he's gonna go kill him he has plans to go kill Palpatine. In fact, the very moment in the comic books when he finds out that Palpatine is is uh, trying to make him angry by lining up replacements, 
what does Vader do? He's like, fine. You want to get replacements? I'm going to start plotting your death. I'm going to start plotting. Yeah, plotting his revenge. Yeah. So there is a big difference between the two characters. And maybe I'm just looking for thing reasons to say Maul is good. But I also don't think he is. I don't think he's. it's as simple as saying he is evil. Palpatine is evil. Palpatine's evil, yes. Maul, I feel, was reared at a very young age and as was, we know how old was he like seven when he was forced to inhale the the, the ashes the ashes of dead sith lords and yes. then suddenly his life changed yeah he was a simply given a drug at seven to create the addiction of anger and hatred think about that and that's the thing is like he in a lot of ways maul is maul's a, a victim I mean, it, yeah, it, it, it encapsulates. I would agree with that. I mean, it goes into his uh, ultimate end at the Twin Sons episode where he looks at Obi-Wan and basically even says, is he the one that's going to get revenge for us? Because yeah. to Maul, he's been victimized. And, and that's why I think was brilliant in these past episodes. It really brought together the fact that everyone here is just a victim of destiny. Or Palpatine, uh, aka Palpatine, is 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 Palpatine destiny? <laughs> he has control. Is he of the it. Thanos of Star Wars? He's inevitable. Well, no, yeah, he's inevitable. <laughs> that's the that's the thing about the, especially with the tie-ins where they did like, uh, especially in this particular one where they did all the ties to Revenge of the Sith, right? Yeah, it just had this dread of Dude. inevitability. Yep, and like. Everyone, I was like thinking at the end of this, when you get to the final shot of Darth Vader, everyone's a victim of destiny. There's no stopping this. There is no stopping the 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 death of all the Jedi's, all those clones. There's nothing stopping it. You can't stop it because this prophecy, quote unquote, prophecy by Palpatine to create Darth Vader is what culminates. This is the culmination of everything. Yeah. And like, it's, it's bittersweet, but man, it, this whole episode, particularly in this one, there's so much poeticism, I guess you could say. Yeah. And a lot of the imagery and everything that basically just shows everyone in this story is a victim. Ahsoka is well, a victim. Everything was implied. And it, it, that's why I liked the way this this ended. I know there were some complaints and we'll get to that in a moment, yes. Dave. So have that ready to go. Okay. Everything was either implied or poetically brought to a conclusion. Yes. Through the use of allegories and no, 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 no. let me backtrack through the use of visuals yes okay i feel like that's the best way to end something like this maul had his ending but it's not really an ending that's the thing people need to realize and i know there are people disgruntled like oh well it wasn't really an ending well hey listen i when i saw how rebels ended i knew this was going to end in a similar way exactly. because this is the end of the clone wars the tv show this is not the end of Maul's story. And I know there were some out there that wanted a more definitive ending. Yes. But we all knew that outside of the obvious, the immediate story or the backdrop of the Clone Wars would come to an end. Yes. But the story of Ahsoka, when you look at it, is just getting started. Mm -hmm. It's just getting started. It's just getting started. So they were more focused on moving 
the pieces on the board where they need to be for the next chapter in Ahsoka story, the next chapter in Maul story, the next chapter in Rex's story. It wasn't about bringing everything to an end and saying, well, okay, here, Ahsoka's going to say goodbye to uh, Vader, and then Rex is going to say, what's up, Gregor? Come over here. Let me take the chip out. I mean, that would be weird. That'd be very weird. We don't need to see. We don't need to see any of that. Yes. The emotional closure is what we needed. The emotional closure is what is the most important aspect to how this series ended. And that's all I I needed. I needed the emotional closure. I needed to understand where each of our players was at. Yes. We didn't need to see Obi-Wan's ending. We didn't really need to see Anakin's ending. We've seen them in the fucking movie. That's mm-hmm. not what this is about. Yeah. This it, is it, about Ahsoka, Rex, and Maul. Yes. That's essentially what these last four episodes were about. It was about those three characters and bringing that little bit of closure we needed to the aspect of the, of the clones and all the thematics that goes with that. Exactly. It had to have an emphatic, uh, it had to have an emphatic conclusion. And the only way to do that is kind of like without seemingly rushing everything. Like I remember when me and you first started reviewing this, we talked about like our wants and what we wanted. And one of the things I basically said was, Hey, I want to see a, a face off between Cody and Rex. Right. Yeah. It would have been cool. It would have been cool. It's not needed. It's not needed, especially with the story in the end, the theme though, the theme of that is what is needed. Mm-hmm. And that's why I thought was genius when they put it. We didn't need Cody because we had Jesse. Yeah. And, for for a lot of Clone Wars fans, the Jesse character is just as important as Cody is. And to to see Rex's right-hand man this whole freaking series yeah. just basically say, you're not following Order 666. I hereby take over uh take over command of this unit. It was it should be soul crushing to Clone War fans that have watched since season one yeah. to up to here to see the to see Jesse of all the clones turn on Rex. Forget yeah. Cody. I do, I was like going, oh man, I didn't think that I'd get the 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 emotional impact that I would get from Cody meeting facing off against Rex. I got it still with Jesse and yeah. Rex. It's not about. Seeing everything. Yeah. Now, my biggest problem with Revenge of the Sith, and I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. But one of the problems is that how is how Lucas tried to give us all those moments at the end. Oh, she died of a broken heart. Uka, Uka. Okay, let's name him Luke. Let's name her Leia. Leia. All right, I am going to adopt a daughter because me and my wife have always talked about this. Okay, well, I'll take him to Tatooine to be with his family. More training. More training. Like, literally, they hit eight things in five minutes. Yeah. Is that what they wanted in this? It would have felt weird. And it would have skewed the pacing. Maloney chose a poetic, well-paced ending opposed to something with a a lot of needless exposition and, and over detail. Yeah. The visuals that were paired with the narrative within the waning minutes were astounding. It said what it needed it to, to say. say. It was beautiful and probably the most intelligent Star Wars ending we've ever had. I'll say that. 
Oh, I'll... I, I, I want to say the last five minutes are probably some of the most intelligent. Not you know, we've been saying the best Star Wars ever. Right. And I don't think it's the best Star Wars ever. It's definitely up there. But I will say. That the last five minutes is some of the most intelligent, if not the most intelligent Star Wars we have ever been yeah. given. It's intelligent. It's it's impactful. It 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 earns it. The ending is earned. That's why when I look at it, and yes, earlier I said that this is better than the uh, three cinematic movies we got in the new new era. If you compare the ending of Rise of Skywalker to the this ending, mm-hmm. what is the one thing I've always heard people complain about Rise of Skywalker? The ending feels like it wasn't earned. Then you look at something like this in in the final episode. This is how it should feel. It earned this ending. Yeah. And that's why, you know, like it, it I like the fact that you brought up the whole thing, even like it in the old prequels, it had the problem of trying to rush and get to the ending that we, we all wanted, right? Let's rush to the ending right. or more training and she lost the will to live. And that was the problem with Rise of Skywalker. And I've said this in my reviews. Yeah. I like that movie. I gave it high points, but 60% of the movie feels like a rush. It feels like, like a rush. We need to lay down tons of story. Let's do this. And then finally, after the first act, everything slows down. But uh, so maybe not 60%, I'm exaggerating my percentage, but a large portion, at least 30%, 35% of the movie is very rushed. And I don't want that. Yeah. And I was very happy with everything we got with the Clone Wars. With the Clone Wars. And Honestly, Dave, I know you were joking and being serious that serious that you uh, are going to purchase the Clone Wars movie, the last four episodes, if they package these last four episodes. Oh, absolutely. If they do, Dave, I will. I will (laughs) buy it as well. And and I will put it on my shelf next to my other movies because these last four issues or these last four episodes are essentially. A Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's written with all the, the beats. The needed act structure, the bells and whistles, the soundtrack, the score, the emotions, everything's there in these last four episodes. In fact, my little brother, my younger brother, sent me a message and he's all, dude, you want to hear something? I'm like, yeah, what? You realize that this is the the Skywalker sequel we probably should have gotten. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is the Skywalker sequel. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm like, and, and then it started making me think. I'm like, well, okay, let me go the distance. I will double down. They try to pawn Ray off as the legacy of Skywalker. Yes. Ahsoka is the true legacy of Skywalker. Yes. This is one of the things I was going to throw out there as one of my final points and about dude, this episode. What does it mean if she's alive? If she's alive during the sequel era, like, whoa. That would be weird too now because she is the embodiment of a perfect Jedi and she's the true legacy of of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Who actually spent years being trained opposed to six months to a year with a woman who wasn't even a full Jedi. Exactly. Princess Leia. (laughs) So, I mean, I think there should be a little battle. I think Ahsoka should be like, I'm the better Skywalker. 
In fact, my name is no longer Ahsoka Tano. It's Ahsoka Skywalker. <laughs> I don't have, Well, no, see, Ahsoka wouldn't even have to take the name Skywalker. Like, uh, That's my, even, even a bigger slap in the face. I know. <laughs> she, she'd look at Ray and go, are you shitting me? <laughs> well, you took Skywalker's name. I'm going to take Palpatine. I'm Ahsoka Palpatine. Dude, how's that? <laughs> How about this one? I'm Ahsoka Sky Guy. Oh! <laughs> She's a, what's that mean? Oh, it's a little thing. It's a little uh, pet name that... My master had for me. Oh, you might know him as Anakin Skywalker, the original Skywalker. Yeah. I really, I really want to find our old, very first review of Clone Wars. We did back in the day. We never did a review of it, did we? Yeah, we did. No, we did recently in the last two years. But like when we liked it, we did not do a review. (laughs) And we were fair. When we did that review of the movie, we talked about how much we hated the movie in 2007. But then when we watched it again, we're like, this isn't that bad. This is actually pretty good. (laughs) It just has some rough moments with the Ahsoka aspects. That for me, along with "Mm, Jabba. That that for me that shows just how much Ahsoka's legacy is just as important, yeah, and earned because like a long time ago, it's amazing you go from a character who all the Star Wars fans were like, like, who the hell is this character calling Anakin Sky Guy? Yeah, and shitting all over her right when she right when she first appeared, and you take it a decade later. And we're talking about her as the perfect example of a Jedi Knight. Dave Filoni created this character. It, this is like a gift to all the Star Wars fans out there. Yeah. I mean, Dave Filoni should dick whip anybody. Oh, wow. <laughs> Did you say that Ahsoka was stupid for calling Sky Guy? Come here. <laughs> so, I'm going to give you a Sky Guy across your fucking forehead, you little bitch. <laughs> And to be fair to us, Ahsoka or what's her name? Ashley Eckstein also mentioned that that those moments that were rough. Oh, yeah. She basically alluded to the fact what at the previous Star Wars celebration, the most recent that they all understand that that was a little. eh. (laughs) Yeah. And, And then there's Dave Filoni just sitting there just going. I tried. It was a teeny <laughs> moment, and we get why. It was purposely meant as a teeny moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, Dave. So, I'm just waiting for the toxic masculinity posts when it comes to Darth Maul. Oh, he's way too overpowerful, and it's just, it's toxic <laughs> masculinity. Because it seems like whenever you have a really OP. I don't even want to call it OP because to me, that's just on par with what we know, the force and star Wars. But when you have a character that's so powerful, like what we saw with Maul, the the first thing you get are people complaining. Uh, It's so toxic. It's toxic masculinity. It's video game action. It's just stupid and poor writing. So I have veered away from social media because <laughs> I I know what's going to happen. I know eventually I'm going to see it when I'm doing some research on something about someone complaining about how Paul was, how Maul was portrayed in those last few moments and how he destroyed an entire what star destroyer by crushing the reactor, the yes. hyperdrive reactor. Holy crap. That was amazing. That was an amazing scene. And it just encapsulated who Maul is. How powerful I, he truly is. This, it, yes, exactly. It was it was his finale. 
Yeah. It was his finale. And yes, that's not the end of Maul. I have a feeling that we're going to see a lot more Maul between this era and his death and Rebels. I don't think it's done yet. Yeah. I feel like we're going to have a, I think his future's bright, honestly. The, the, thing- the amount of story they were, there's no reason to set up the story they set up in the last four episodes. Why double down on Crimson Dawn? Yes, I, I will say that it's to add cohesiveness and Filoni probably took it upon himself to say, well, let me add some cohesiveness to here. You know, they introduced this aspect in Solo. Uh, and I'm going to carry it on. Let me carry it on. Also, it just makes sense with what we saw of Maul in season six. So I get that. But there was a big push, in my opinion, to stress the importance of the crime syndicate leaders going into hiding. Yes. And I'm I wonder if there may be something in the deck of cards for Star Wars when it comes to Maul. Do you think? Oh, yeah, I, I really do. I, I I think it and I hope it. Because all the characters, they still have stories that they can tell. That's the beautiful part about this. Is like no we, one's story really no came to an end except no the obvious. No one's story came to an end, but yeah. the chapter for them, it particularly in this time frame, has come to an end. You know, we understand now. End of an era. Why does why did Maul go into hiding? Well, number one, he's terrified of Palpatine. <laughs> he wants to keep a low profile because. I mean, the fact that he's willing to look at Ahsoka and say, hey, let's work together here. I know what's going on. We need to go into hiding because they're just going to hunt us all down. Yeah. And I like the fact that basically you take that, but you also show that Maul is still a capable, very, very scary character to deal with by showing him absolutely tear apart the, the the command carrier and everything else with his force abilities. It makes sense, but overall it doesn't change the fact. One of his biggest flaws is he's terrified of Palpatine. Yeah. He's terrified of Sidious. He's never going to show his face, which made sense, especially how in the prior episode, we saw how, how like he lost his mind when he said, we're all going to die. You people don't understand what's happening. And he loses his mind a little bit. Yeah. We shall see, right? Oh, yeah. We'll see. Dave, we do need to go to a very quick break. And then when we get back, I want to talk about the actual ending. Those last few moments we have kept we've kept going there and then we keep pulling back. So let's go to a quick break and then we're going to get into it. Get more Star Wars discussions every month with the Back to Tank Patreon exclusive shows. From Star Wars comics and book reviews to speculative discussions and breakdowns. All when you pledge to our Patreon page. What? Go to patreon.com slash Digital for more details. As you wish. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. But like, I want to keep fucking shit up right now. Well, it's a goddamn conspiracy. That's why, Thomas. That's why I ain't going to stay in my home. Fuck coronavirus. It ain't, it ain't real. It's fake shit. I've never known. And all you pussies wearing masks and shit. What is that about? Uh, general health and safety guidelines. Nah, fuck that. Okay. But safety. What does that even mean? Things you don't do when you bang your sister? Now, oh, wait a second. That's not. <laughs> no, I use a condom. 
I use a condom when oh, I bang my sister. That's where you draw the line. I, I use a condom gotta be when I bang my sister, and I pull out when I bang my mother. Oh, I'm very oh. safe. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm standard OSHA rules and regulations in my household. You know OSHA. You're familiar with that. Sometimes I just use a sock. <laughs> it's, it's, it's uncomfortable for the lady, for the gal. Ugh. Well, she understands. In a pinch, it work. In a in a what? In a pinch. And it's already lubed. Wait, what? Are I socks don't. lubed? I, well, my what, socks what are. What type of socks do you wear? Tony, what type of socks do you wear? Wait. Oh, there's no part of me that ever wants to know what even he's thinking in his head right now. Is this now. a new Nike line that I've missed out on? Like the new lubed Nike it's anklets? For, it's for seniors to help them with their socks, you know. You put oh. lube or powder and then you're just like... Powder? It, it's a diving off. suit situation. Yeah. The Rain Man Show, exclusively on Rain Man Digital. Head over to RainmanDigitalMedia.com for more details or search for it wherever you listen to podcasts. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. All right, welcome back, everyone, to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. All right, Dave, let's talk about the the ending when Ahsoka drops her sabers or saber. A lot of debate going on. Chat rooms, websites, social media, all trying to figure out or interpret what actually was going through Ahsoka's mind at the end. And if that's not a testament to good writing, I don't know what is. The fact that it's promoting discussion in this way. It's something that I know Dave Filoni and and some interviews that are circulating around about the finale has stated that he wants the fan base to debate. Yeah, because that's what good writing does. Good writing doesn't spell everything out for you. So, Dave few different thoughts here, and I want to hear yours. Now, there's two ways you can look at that scene, and I almost feel like it could have two meanings. Okay, so when she drops the lightsaber, there's a sense of, first off, it's a poetic way to say it's over. This is it, right? Yes. From a writing standpoint, the subtext. There's also a sense of loss. The Jedis are done. She, The way she's looking at everything and the ground the graveyard. Oh, wow. It's over. She drops her sabers. The Jedi have failed. Okay. There's that. There's that perspective, but then there's another one. The doubt 
or the possibility, I should say, that Anakin might still be alive out there. And even though her gut's telling her that Maul was right, part of her wants Vader, or not Vader because she doesn't know, Anakin, to know that she's alive and that she's out there. Your thoughts, go. I I like the first the first way of looking at it. Okay. You know, I I, I really do. I like that way of seeing it, but if, here's the problem that I have. No way. You have a problem? No, 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 not like not a bad problem. I was about to say, but dang. When it comes to this debate, it's hard for me to decide which way to look at that ending. Yeah. Now that we know when we if you've watched Rebels, you know Ahsoka's reaction. You know her belief it, it, in see, coming to the realization that the Sith Lord that is hunting all of them down is Anakin. And it leads to this epic moment in Rebels. And then you go to this. It's really hard for me to, to not say that, oh, she, she wants Anakin to believe that she's dead. If she knows that it's Anakin, she wouldn't have, she wouldn't have reacted the way she did at, in Rebels. That's not true. Think about this, Dave. Someone can tell you your uncle's a pedophile. Okay? I'm not saying your uncle's a pedophile, but let's just say. In this <laughs> fictitious world. Someone could say, oh, your uncle's a pedophile. I'm like, what? No. No, he's not. Stop. But then a part of you like, oh, yeah, maybe. Then when you think about it. And then you walk into a room filled with kitty porn. <laughs> is my point proven okay all right if you you, you can you can believe something you can even hear it and you can want to not accept it and but, it would, but the true horror and impact isn't going to hit you until you witness it for yourself for yourself and you make a very valid valid and strong point I mean, even when you think about the one thing that me and you were even discussing in the lat prior to the last episode is the fact that they've been pushing the fact that Ahsoka's loyalty to Anakin is just turned on its head when Maul tells her that it's Skywalker that basically she's going to want to turn and she doesn't want to believe it. And me and you discussed it about the last episode that they've really brought that forth about while we th- say Ahsoka is the perfect candidate of a Jedi Knight. She made a mistake. She's not yeah. perfect. Yeah. She made a mistake. And well, the mistake she for her was... is her loyalty. Right. Yep. So, so if, what are you trying to say then about this ending? I see a lot of dancing around, but I don't see any definitive thoughts, Dave. Go okay. ahead. Since you brought, since you, since you made a very strong argument, <laughs> I have to agree with you then. Is like when you take a look at this ending, it's almost kind of like, let them think that I'm dead. I don't want Anakin to find me. But also, I you don't want her. You're you're saying you you think that she doesn't want them to find her. Yeah, she doesn't want anybody to find her at this point. I can believe that. I mean, that's but that's not what I said, though. But I actually like I actually like that. That actually makes sense, too. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about an ending like that. See, I was more like thinking she may not be fully sold on the idea that Anakin died. Okay, she knows something is yeah. aloof, 
when it comes to him and that he made some poor decision. I mean, obviously the force is telling her that she felt it. She felt it. So what I was saying is that a part of her wants Anakin to find her. And that's why she's dropping the lightsaber to tell him that she was here. Oh, that's what I'm saying. But I also like your interpretation of it, too. See, that's why a scene like that this is has good. so many interpretations. Yeah. Because and I'm OK with that. I now think- that you now that now that you explained your way of seeing it, I see it, too, because like the question that I, when I'm looking at a picture and I have a picture on my laptop right now mm-hmm. of it, she leaves one of the sabers. Yeah. Why'd she just leave one? Right. That that that's the it, ultimate. It's not like she wa- see if she didn't want if she wanted to dis- disappear without a trace, she wouldn't leave a lightsaber. She left them both. Right. So I have a feeling that was her last way to communicate with Anakin and whether or not she knew he had fallen to the dark side. Again, she doesn't know definitively, but she's very smart. She has intuition. She probably has an idea. But she's trying not to see it. And, and and honestly, that matches well poetically with the very end with Darth Vader find, finding it. That's why that because, scene is so effing important, dude. Because and, Vader finding it and then looking up and seeing Morai, who for Star Wars fans out there, Morai was that bird that was flying around and up in the air. And that's basically Ahsoka's familiar. Mm-hmm. That's and when he looks up and he sees Morai flying around, he looks down and then he drops the or he takes the saber, if I'm not correct. I believe so, yeah. Because and he walks away. It's basically it really does have it matches poetically with what you were saying is like this is Ahsoka's way of telling trying to see if Anakin will come and find her, right? To communicate, and you know, if. There's a big gap in terms of emotions where Anakin's at right now, right? I feel like there was a moment of sadness when he picked up that lightsaber. Oh, because yeah, this, I got that too. Okay, I that and too. I know some people might complain saying, well, you know, he only cares about Padme. Blah, 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 blah. But you got to remember, when Anakin first turned to the dark side, it took a long time for him to become the evil man with a cold heart yes it took his son to finally break him of that yeah but this is right during that moment when he was extremely consumed with conflict and emotion even in the book dark lords of the sith that we read and reviewed for patreon subscribers it was a story of a person of what maybe five years after the fall of the jedi roughly right yeah about a person who was still trying to come to terms with who he is forcefully in his mind, waging a war, trying to shut out the memories of Anakin Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker. So if that was going on five years prior or five years after at this time, he's still feeling all these, these things, these the, the things. confusion, the, the conflict. So in a way that was his way or Filoni's way of having Anakin Skywalker, not Vader, Anakin Skywalker say goodbye to Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yeah. Because we know that by the time he sees her again, there's no part of that Anakin yeah, that because, she sees because he wants to kill her because yeah. the time, how many years? 15 years? No. 
17 years? 17 years has passed the, till they meet each this other This is when he is a cold-hearted murderer now. And remember, at that point, he sees Anakin as a separate person because at the final moment, what does he tell Ahsoka? Anakin Skywalker was weak. I killed him. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he, he, he basically, at that point, just like what you said, he is at the peak of who Darth Vader is. When yeah, at, at New Hope, right and, around that era, around that era, and to, and that right, and that's why I I love that it doesn't contradict the importance of Luke. The yes. fact that Luke was the one to turn him, turn him to the good side. That's why I loved what Filoni did in Rebels. The fact that Ahsoka wasn't the one to do it. That there wasn't even any emotion. And you and I had debated when there was a preview for the next episode leading into the. The moment Ahsoka and Vader would confront each other. You and I both said, I don't want him to have emotion towards her, though. And we were kind of torn because as Ahsoka fans, we're like, oh, we want him to acknowledge her in a good way, some way. But then ultimately, at the end of the day, you and I were both satisfied with how they did it because there was no emotion. There was no emotion. There was nothing there. He is a, a shattered version of who he was. And that's why that scene getting into Rebels, just a moment here, when his mask was shattered and broken and you see Anakin's eye looking through the mask. I'm like, holy fuck, baloney, because it was a powerful statement because it's the last remnant of him. Yeah. So inside of there, I feel like this was the best way to do it. It's cohesive with everything we've seen between Ahsoka and Anakin, Ahsoka and Vader and then, of course, the interactions between Vader and his son moving forward into A New Hope, the original trilogy. So- and that's the, that, that, to me, is the most important thing of this last episode was, again... How it frames the Skywalker how, saga. How, how it frames the Skywalker saga. You cannot take away anything from nope. Luke's legacy. You have to strengthen all of it. You have to strengthen all of it. Otherwise, and- w- otherwise why are you doing a story about the Skywalkers? Exactly. And, like... The importance of Luke, Luke is the Luke is the thing that basically brings Anakin back, no matter what. And Filoni had to be very careful not to step on that or, you know, lessen that blow. I mean, when he turns on the lightsaber at this one, I got the vibes of Return of the Jedi, where he turns on the lightsaber of Luke. And then, you know, they have their dialogue at the end of Revenge yeah. of the Revenge of the Jedi or Revenge of the Jedi <laughs> Return of the Jedi where he says that oh he's he's proud that he built his own lightsaber and yada 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 and you parallel it with this where he's taking it back this is something he built Ahsoka this is something that was his token of friendship to her take it back and walks away and it's the end of that chapter for Anakin when it comes to Ahsoka is, and and it's so awesome because it's like this final stamp that basically at this point, all of Anakin is gone. There's no more of Anakin. Yeah. It's all Darth Vader at this point. All right, Dave, we only have a few moments before we close out our discussion. Is there anything you need to add? We have just about two or three minutes. Two or three minutes. So we won't go uh, into the complaining then aspect. Not your complaints, right? Yes, not my okay, complaints. Okay, well, let's talk about it. Let's You You have some people that were talking to you about their complaints. Okay, we, so, we have time for that. Why not? For, for a short bit. Because honestly, 
I'm like you. You can't really complain about something that it's as perfect as this. Yeah. But there are fans out there that I know are a little upset. We didn't get a final confrontation of Ahsoka going to see Anakin for the last time. Yeah, but did anyone think really we were going to get that? I, I never thought we would see that. I know a lot there of fans no were like saying, why didn't she call her? That's like the ultimate because that's thing. The, do they not understand story? That's that's the entire... And, and that's the basis of the emotional arc and the dilemma exactly. that she's... Oh, my God, people. That leads to her flaw. That That's the biggest flaw of Ahsoka. You can't... Not just that. It just... It, 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 it lessens the story. Why couldn't she call told. Anakin? Like, what? Because you want the movie to change? Guess what? Exactly. Anakin turns to the dark side. A phone call isn't going to change that. <laughs> a hollow vid is not going to change that. Yeah. I just choked my wife, Ahsoka. I'm not going to change. <laughs> but I just slayed like 15 innocent people on Mustafar. Guess what? Your hollow message isn't going to do dick. And. Another one was, well, Rex's story is not finished. I just yeah, killed younglings, bitch. <laughs> I just killed younglings, bitch. <laughs> a little boy just walked up to me and said, what are we going to do, Master Anakin? And I lopped his head off. <laughs> Here, hold on. Like, Ahsoka calls him. Hey, Anakin, I just want to talk to you. Can you hold on a second? Like, your little kid's dying in the background. <laughs> hold on a second. Come here, little shit. <laughs> okay, go ahead. What were you saying, Ahsoka? You, 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 you're nervous and wor- you're worried about me? Master Skywalker, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> These little shits don't die. <laughs> and then another point I kind of get, I kind of get, but also it's not important to the story that's being told right now is the story of Rex. I know everyone felt, well, Rex's story is unfinished. How does he meet with Gregor? How does he meet with Wolf? <laughs> yeah. Do you want me is to that re- important? Do you want me to rebuttal this? Yes. Is that what you, are you setting me up, Dave? Yes. I, I just don't want to talk over you. No, no, no. I okay. want you to rebuttal this. All right. So, first off, the entire four episodes were a lo- there was so much wrecks in it. Yes. You can't spell out everything. It would have felt contrived and forced. And also, people got to remember that this is the end of the Clone Wars. This isn't the end of Rex's story. He could confront Gregor and Wolf at any point in another story. This isn't the end. This isn't the end. Now, if Rex was over and out and we knew he was not going to be and we didn't know about Rebels. Then I'd be like, oh, man, I wish we got a little bit more on Rex. But the story was complete. He confronted I don't want to say he confronted his mortality. He, he questioned his purpose, questioned his life, questioned the war, questioned his brotherhood, questioned his brotherhood. What more do you fucking want? Exactly. You want Gregor to fucking suck his dick? Like, thank you, boss, for saving me. And That's a little like, aggressive. <laughs> but the thing is you that's why i want you to rebut this yeah. because people need this type, uh, type of smack in the face because I, I, like, I, listen here's the thing like, i under we got the story of rex done the, david the story of rex it, pertaining to the clones okay so david i don't want to be a complete asshole so let me just say first off i understand that fans want more yes okay we're all anakin skywalker we want more we're never happy there was a part of me that was like, oh, when Darth Maul went to hyperspace. I'm like, oh, he's done. That was the third one I was going to bring. I was like, oh, why? I want more Maul. 
But I understood that his story came to an epic conclusion in Clone Wars. And there's more down the road in another series or another iteration of Star Wars. So I understand fan wants, but you've got to learn how to separate fan wants from writing because yes. good writing will always separate me from what I want as a fan. I always say this. You can win me over on any idea as long as it's written in a way that makes sense and it works. And Filoni's ending worked. Filoni's ending was perfect. Yeah, it's absolutely perfect. All right. We got to wrap, Dave. I want to thank everyone for listening to our discussion, our final discussion on Clone Wars Season 7. I don't really want to say final because we are currently going through retrospective reviews of Clone Wars, the earlier seasons for our Patreon subscribers. So if you head over to patreon.com slash Rainman Digital and pledge $3 or more a month, you will gain access to our Star Wars discussions where we, in fact, still break down all the Clone Wars episodes. So I want to thank everyone for sticking around and excuse my aggressive behavior (laughs) a few moments ago, but some people get me angry. Thank you, David. Thank you. May the force be with us. Get more Star Wars discussions every month with the Back to Tank Patreon exclusive shows. From Star Wars comics and book reviews to speculative discussions and breakdowns. All when you pledge to our Patreon page. What? Go to patreon.com slash Digital for more details. As you wish. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs>